Hello and welcome to episode two of season two of the SOS Substance on Substance Harneys podcast. My name is Phil Graham and it's delightful to be back in this hot seat, joined, of course, by our expert of substance, Josh Morgeau. Josh, great to be back. Hi, everyone, and welcome back, Phil. Thank you very much indeed. It's obviously a pleasure. It feels like a lot of water has gone under the bridge since we last spoke on this very exciting topic. We are now obviously in a slightly different part of the timeline with everyone sort of frantically looking towards towards the end of the year. How are you uh, how are you feeling? How is that brow? Is it particularly furrowed at the moment? Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting time. I I probably haven't noticed much of what's going on in the world around because of having my face uh, firmly fixed on the cold face, but it's it's certainly getting very busy now as we get into the end of the year. Indeed. Well, just to let you know, there may or may not be a new president of the United States. We're not entirely sure. But to get on to the more exciting thing around our world, let's look at where we are in that timeline. I mean, and and if you're a director sat in overlooking a sort of BVI vehicle, whether that is because you're, you know, a corporate service provider that's providing their their expertise, or whether that's because you are the sort of owner and controller of vehicle. We touched on it in sort of episode six, I think, of the first season, just around what directors should be doing. But obviously, they're in a different phase now. When when you're talking to directors that are sort of coming along to you and talking about this current position, you know, what are what are you starting with? What are you informing them of? I think the starting point is to assess with them where in the compliance reporting cycle they are. And if we're dealing with a number of entities to do a sort of a risk assessment to figure out where the particular pressure points might be. We've already talked around director's duties in episode six and also about the reporting and timing and deadlines in the last podcast I recorded with Amy Roost. So I won't go too much back into those, but Effectively, this is relevant to all BVI registered companies and limited partnerships with with legal personality. Obviously, the majority of entities we're dealing with are companies, so we'll focus on those. The actual obligations that are involved really depend on that initial classification, and they can be anything from simple nil returns through to really complicated compliance and reporting obligations, depending on the the type of the business and the tax data of the company. So there's no one-size-fits-all here. And as, as we've mentioned, the deadlines are imminent for the bulk of companies. Most of them are going to have to report effectively in the rest of this month or the first half of December. And so if you've got someone that's sort of coming along to you now, and as surprising as this may be, given how long I feel you and I have been waffling on about it, but as surprising as it may be, they come along to you and say, I don't know anything about this substance thing. Can you A, tell me about it, but B, you know, what position am I in? What's your immediate reaction to that? Fundamentally, can we help? Is it too late? It really depends. And frankly, we are still seeing this. Unfortunately, it's it's most often the case where there's been a, a breakdown in communication. And for some reason, you know, email alerts have been going to a dead inbox or personnel have changed. And so people are just, you know, coming to this a bit late and, and grappling with it. The answer to that question really depends on the company and its and its status. If there's no relevant activity and we're able to confirm that, or if it's a passive pure equity holding entity then it's generally okay and quite straightforward. If there is actually relevant activity there, then we have to look at the tax basis of the entity and that can get more complicated. So in some cases, it is it is very late and in others, it's still not a major issue. But the important thing to, to realize is that all BVI companies are going to have to report in effectively the next six weeks. We're recording this middle of November. So if you haven't already focused on this, now is the time to be doing so. 
and without wanting to get too doomsday scenario about it, if you if you are that director that sat there, you haven't yet addressed it, you're beginning to think about it, you're 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 picking up the phone and talking to you, you know, how bad can it get? What is what is the worst case scenario if if we were painting the very sort of bleakest picture? So well, I mean, directors of BVI companies are subject to their general duties under the common law and also under the BVI Business Companies Act. And I think that we've previously spoken about them and also Rachel Graham did a session on directors' duties in this context in the wake of the pandemic in the Practically Speaking series. So just to recap, those duties are broad, they're owed to the company, but allowing a company to incur fines or penalties for, for non-compliance with legal requirements generally may on its face be a breach of the director's duties and that can expose the director to, to personal liability for example via a derivative claim and then getting into the weeds of the economic substance act but also the beneficial ownership secure search system act or the boss act which is what deals with the reporting obligations there are some fairly significant criminal offenses where a company has failed to identify relevant activities or it's failed to ascertain prescribed information around that and its beneficial ownership or where it fails to report that to its BVI registered agent to then be provided to the BVI regulator. Failure to do any of those things without reasonable cause, which is a fairly limited defense, can expose the company to criminal offenses with potentially significant penalties. It's up to a quarter of a million dollars and or five years imprisonment. Now, that offence can technically be committed by directors, officers, like secretaries or senior managers of the company. But that's a very high threshold because the proceedings against them would need to be approved by the Attorney General. There's a fairly high evidential burden. Broadly, you'd have to show that there was an intention or a failure to exercise all reasonable diligence as, as the individual ought to have done, having regard to the nature of their function and all the circumstances. So when you add all of that together, it's relatively unlikely in most cases that this is going to be something that produces personal liability, but it is still possible. So the long and the short of that is directors do need to focus on this. I think I think that's absolutely the right conclusion. Whether any of us like it or not, um, this is not something to be taken lightly. And so, so someone that that is for whatever reason not not necessarily their own personal fault, but for whatever reason is coming to this late in the party. I guess the obvious question, you know, to you now, Josh, is is if if they come along, how can Harney's help? Thanks, absolutely. And there are a couple of different angles to that. I mean, the first thing I think is, as I've said, to do the the scoping exercise to work through the initial classification because everything else flows from that. And in some cases, it, it may that they'll be very straightforward to, to get the reporting done and to you know, move on with, with our lives. If there is failure to identify relevant activities, you know, we can discuss whether or not there is really re- relevant activity there and, and advise on that. And also look at whether there is any reasonable cause for that failure, for example, because it's a very marginal case where you know, the company was considering its position and, and trying to take advice and, and get access to, to good advice, or because of the COVID pandemic, for example, and to record that in the, in the company's evidence so that it's paired in the event of an investigation. In, in worst cases, to talk around the risks that we've discussed, we've talked about the, the risks of failure to comply with the reporting obligation, but on top of that, where there is a failure to comply with economic substance requirements, there is also a civil fines and penalties regime and also an automatic information exchange regime under the OECD schema with overseas tax authorities potentially to think about. So there are, there are a variety of different buckets of risk that we would need to work through. 
And then also to give advice to the directors and to the company so that the directors can show that you know, they've discharged their, their duties. And there is a safe harbor that we've mentioned previously under the BVI company's law where directors have broadly placed reasonable reliance on legal advice. Also, we can discuss with the directors you know, whether there are other steps that they want to take. For example, we're getting some requests at the moment to check directors and officers insurance packages, for example, just to make sure that they're fit for purpose. So to leave sort of the listeners with a slightly more positive uptick, um, it, given we've sort of talked about worst case scenario here, generally with sort of all the clients you're speaking to, those that you've been speaking to for a while and sort of helping them with their progression, do you get the sense that people are in a overall good position in terms of being ready to file at the end of the year? Do you feel that people have sort of properly got their heads around both the classification of what their entity is doing, but also then what the reporting entails? And if you're seeing that people haven't quite got there yet, and obviously with the deadline sort of looming, what are the sort of key takeaways that, that you're sort of pointing people in in the direction of to really get them ready for this for this first year reporting cycle? Yeah, I think it's important to recognise that this is very much based at people that are coming to this a little bit late. And, you know, the worst case scenario, as you've described it, I think in the majority of cases I'm seeing RAs and BBO industry generally have done a really smashing job of getting information out there to clients so that people are well prepared, you know, at the right point in the cycle. And now it's frankly just people getting their reporting done ahead of year end or the, the RA's internal deadlines. So in, in, in most cases, it's just a question of crunching through the reporting. And that can be, as we say, quite complicated if you've got relevant activities other than being a pure equity holding entity or if you're doing a non-residence claim. And when we come back to those on a subsequent podcast, if you are still at the classification stage, we've produced a really low cost online classification solution. It's been shortlisted for awards. It's available to every single company in the BVI and it provides formal legal advice on a reliance basis effectively via an online questionnaire, which you can complete once you're familiar with it in five or 10 minutes. It's very, very quick. And that will instantly give you legal advice backed up by Harneys. That's a very powerful tool if people are still crunching through multiple entities or directors want to take a bit more comfort that they've, they've got to the right answer. For companies where we are the registered agent, or in fact, if you know there are registered agents or intermediaries listening who want to, to look at licensing these tools, we produce a suite of data reporting tools which interact with our classification solution, and they provide a really seamless experience to the end user and can help people coordinate reporting for, for multiple entities as well. So we are here to help. If people want to get in contact with, with Will or me, please just reach out by email, give us a call, and we'll be happy to talk this through in a bit more detail. But for now, I think that's that's everything that I had. And it's just to thank everybody for listening and, and wish them luck with the reporting cycle. Absolutely. And I think it'd be very helpful on maybe even the next episode to sort of talk through some of those practical tips for, for going through that reporting cycle, whether you're whether you're sort of sat getting ready to do it yourself or whether you're putting that information into your, your registered agent so that they can report on your behalf. It will be good to talk through some of the tips you have because you've taken such a sort of keen interest also in, in the boss system and, and how the mechanics work and uh, getting your insight on that, I think will be enormously beneficial to all of our listeners. But for now, thank you very much indeed and look forward to speaking again. Thanks very much and, and absolutely very happy to. I, I know we've promised to do a, a tax session as well, which I know you've been looking forward to. So uh... Maybe absence for that one, um, <laughs> but looking forward generally to, uh, to getting into all of the different aspects and uh, yeah, including tax. Always leave your listeners wanting more. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> Cheers. Bye.